What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Man, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so much more to get into here. And where should we start with these Philadelphia Eagles? And we dissected them plenty yesterday, uh, but still more. Uh, defensively, we didn't talk a whole lot about the defense. What was your just a r- initial overall assessment of the other side of the ball after that loss? Uh, well, it wasn't good. I, I, I mean, Jim Schwartz uh, spoke today, and I, I think you focus on really – two points of the game and that's early when when they give up the two touchdown drives right off the bat and then he put a, a struggling offense behind the eight ball and then the second aspect is when they finally show some life at the beginning of the third quarter and you get the big Boston Scott t- uh, touchdown run I think everybody thought okay here, here comes the Giants collapse and the Eagles defense went on the field, and they let Daniel Jones complete essentially two straight fade patterns, one for 27 yards to um, Sterling Shepard, the other one for 38 yards to Golden Tate, back-to-back consecutive plays. And essentially, you know, that put them uh, inside the red zone. They scored a little bit later, and they extend the lead right back. So, any time you have somebody on the ropes, you want that defense to respond and make sure uh, that they get the football back, and they weren't able to do it. And so all in all, it was a, a disappointing performance. I think it's fair to say that. Yeah, Jim Schwartz got the brunt of, you know, I, listen, Doug Peterson, uh, Jim Schwartz, Carson Wentz, it, it's just they take turns getting the brunt of criticism, and you know, a lot of it's deserved. And, of course, there's always some criticism in Philadelphia that's not deserved, but that's life of a pro in this city. Um, so let, let's talk about Jim Schwartz for a second. I think you and I both are on the same page with how we feel about Coach Schwartz and how we respect him, and uh, he's certainly not the problem. Uh, but is he going to be under any fire? Because Doug and Carson's been getting the brunt of all of this, but I guess just talk about Jim's game plan and what he can do differently, if anything, moving forward. Well, I I mean, he called it embarrassing uh, the way they got caught by Daniel Jones on the, on the zone read again, the touchdown uh, is essentially the same look uh, that he had the 80 yard run against and he mentioned the Eagles were prepared for it this time they understood it was coming uh, and they didn't respond and they didn't handle it well Um, so those are the types of things that 
you can certainly improve on and and certainly execute better because that's in as I said that's a that's a play that they understood was coming they practiced for um, they knew what they needed to do and they just didn't execute it so you have that part of it and then the other part is the more difficult part and I mentioned those two consecutive uh, fade throws one was a slot fade to uh, Sterling Shepard that beat Avante Maddox the other was essentially a 50-50 ball where Golden Tate went up over Nikel Roby Coleman. That's a personnel uh, issue. And uh, that's more difficult to fix. And, you know, those are good receivers. Those are professional receivers. Uh, they can make plays. Uh, they're not bad players. But they're also not Julio Jones or Mike Evans or, you know, even – we talk about Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson. You saw him, even even a rookie like Jeff. They're not that kind of talented receivers. Um, and that kind of tells you, I mean, the cornerbacks outside Darius Slay, who also didn't have a great game by his standards, um, they're not good. And the linebackers, we've talked about that a lot are just not very good so there's some personnel issues and that to me is the more we kind of talked about on the offense that on the offensive side of the ball last night that's the bigger problem um it's tough to scheme up guys who aren't as good as the guys on the other side no, yeah, that's uh, I mean that's simplifying it, and that's a hundred percent the reality of the situation right now in Philadelphia. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I want to talk about him for a second because watching him last night, and I've been watching him. You know, last night wasn't the first time, but once Why again, you're just sitting there right. like, man, this kid would really look good uh, in an Eagles jersey. But uh, nonetheless, they have Jalen Rager. Yeah, and, and Jalen Rager uh, spoke today on Zoom to us, and he gets these questions now pretty much weekly, uh, and he seems to be, uh, and rightfully so, by the way, a little bit frustrated by them. I, I mean, it, it, to me, it's not Justin Jefferson versus Jalen Rager. It's always going to be that, and I, I said it on that night. I said, this is not going to look uh, – probably said it three or four times on this show this is not going to look well early because uh, Jefferson was going to an offense that um, tends to put up numbers um, from a standpoint of uh, uh, you know you can criticize Kirk Cousins but look at those numbers I mean basically he's 3,800 passing yards for him is a bad season you know he's usually over 4,000 um, so you knew the numbers were going to come. Um, Minnesota, even though they traded Stephon Diggs, they still have a, a number one level receiver in Adam Thielen. So you knew he had the compliments. Um, they have perhaps the best running back in football as well. Um, so I knew he was going to put up volume numbers uh, when he got on the field. Um, but the Eagles wanted a different type of player, uh, and they wanted 
a, a, a player, and I've mentioned this a lot, that can stretch the field horizontally as well as vertically. That's not the type of player uh, Jefferson is. The type of player Jefferson is is a well-rounded <laughs> receiver who is ahead of the game when it comes to running routes, uh, which is a big issue for a lot of young receivers in this league and is certainly a big issue for Jalen Rager. Um, and, you know, sometimes you get too cute. The Eagles need receivers. So when arguably the most polished receiver drops to you at 21, just take them. Don't play games. And that's what the Eagles did. That's a Howie Roseman mistake. That's And Jalen Rager's going to get blamed for it. And unfortunately, I think he's going to get blamed for it for years and doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player, um, but he's certainly a raw player, and he's certainly not. Um, um, he's behind the curve when you compare him to a, a, a Justin Jefferson. Now, five years from now, and, and we say this a lot with Brandon Graham and the start of his career, maybe he changes the narrative. But early on, it's not going to look good, and it's not a surprise. Yeah, that just feels like a, a front office and a front office uh, executive, more specifically, just trying to make it perceive like the perception of, oh, I know what I'm doing. And instead of just getting the guy that I should get, <laughs> I'm going to go and get this one. And you're overthinking yourself into a bad decision. So that one's going to be talked about, unfortunately, like you said, John, for Jalen Rager for, for quite some time. Um, looking ahead well, and, to the Browns, move on, uh, I want to ask you quick, about you know, the, the Browns' Eagles, run game because the that's the one had, thing that you can look at and say, okay, this is this is scary and this is legit. Nick Chubb is back in the mix now. Kareem Hunt's over there. Uh, talk about the matchup potential problems that the Browns could give the Eagles. Well, Jim Schwartz, one let, let me put a punctuation on the Jefferson thing you know you know if the Eagles had a a ceiling type of receiver then their decision would have made more sense in other words if you had a proven receiver then you can start playing okay I'll set this guy into a different role if you desperately need a good receiver just take the good receiver so I'll, I'll, I'll end on that note with that subject and then with the running backs in Cleveland, Jim Swartz said today, these are the best two running backs that the Eagles have seen all year. Uh, not the best tandem, the best two running backs. So it's it, it's Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. Uh, and, you know, the second part is, oh, by the way, the Browns might have the best offensive line in football. Uh, J.C. Treader's playing at an all-pro level. Wyatt Teller's playing at an all-pro level. Uh, Jack Conklin, Joel Batonio, all these guys are, are playing lights out. Their worst offensive lineman is their left tackle, a first-round pick. Um, they're good. They are really good up front. Uh, so you have that. And then their new coach is, uh, Kevin Stefanski, another Philly guy like Joe Judge, St. Joe's prep guy, went to Penn. Dad used to be the GM of the Sixers. Um, 
He started his NFL career as an intern for the Eagles. Um, and he went to Minnesota and he learned uh, under a bunch of different uh, coaches over the years. But most recently, it, it, it was Gary Kubiak. And, and Gary Kubiak is from that Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan tree that uses the play action and the innovative running schemes. So it's kind of you marry everything with great running backs, great offensive line, great running scheme, and that's why Jim Schwartz is is so concerned, Um, and I think rightfully so. By and large, the Eagles have been really good stopping running backs. They've been really bad with the the other stuff, the misdirection, uh, the quarterback runs from Daniel Jones. jet sweeps, things like that they've had issues with. But running backs, they've generally been able to stop, uh, but it gets ramped up a notch. And I think if the Eagles can stop that running game, they'll be in good shape because the Browns aren't nearly as good throwing the football without Odell Beckham, who's obviously out for the season. Um, So they need to run the football. And that's going to, I think, Rodney McLeod said this, and um, I, I think T.J. Edwards said it as well today. That's gonna that's gonna tell the tale of this upcoming game. If the Eagles can stop the run, they'll have a chance. If they don't, they're in deep trouble. And oh yeah, just uh, to talk about the other side for a minute, and we'll get much more into the matchups and. Uh, behind enemy lines, so to speak, a little bit later in the week. But Miles Garrett, one of the best pass rushers and disruptors in the NFL. Yeah, he is. Uh, no question about it. And and Lane Johnson spoke about him a little bit today. And, and that's one of the positives. They'll kind of flip uh, their ends. They also have Olivier Vernon. So they have two pretty accomplished uh, pass rushers. Uh, and we'll see. The good news is, as as bad as the interior played against the Giants, the tackles, and Lane Johnson was back. He played great, as he usually does, if he can make it through the game uh, with his ankle. Um, and, and Jason Peters also played pretty well. So it'll be interesting. Uh, that's kind of strength versus strength, I think. And it'll be interesting to see where they uh, try to attack the Eagles. My guess is we'll try to go after Jason Peters because when Lane's out there, man, he's he's an amazing player. Uh, and I think people, um, I, I'm not going to say they don't realize that offensive line is not a sexy position, but when you think about what he's going through from a physical standpoint, the fact that when he is out there, uh, and he still can play at such a high level. It's pretty amazing. So it's one of the few positive things in this season for the Eagles. Talking with John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. Extending the play every Saturday morning right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and phillyvoice.com and si.com. Um, John, what about Boston Scott? And it's funny, you know, a lot of fans 
you're on and off the Boston Scott train and the bandwagon, so to speak, and all of a sudden he becomes the giant killer and, you know, even the Cowboys killer. And he did pretty well in his role when Miles Sanders was out. But as you mentioned often, um, it's different when he's the only guy, but when he has to be a complimentary piece, he can't really get it done. But with hindsight, should Doug have used him more on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, he did do it, uh, and he did get it done as a complimentary player, but it is the Giants, so you kind of wonder. He is the Giants killer, and he killed him again, uh, and it was positive. He only touched it four times, uh, and he had the 56-yard touchdown, and and he was very effective in in that small role, which, as you mentioned, he hadn't been uh, uh, when Miles was getting the majority of the touches and Miles was obviously back. So it'll be interesting to see if he can continue. But, I mean, yeah, it's tough to say, look, you need more Boston Scott when Miles Sanders is around. I I guess, you know, because Miles, unfortunately, uh, and I think this has been one of the more disappointing aspects uh, of his season, uh, has really regressed, and I don't necessarily understand it as a pass receiver. So maybe I, I, I would start to have a, a more clear, definitive uh, split of the duties and, and have Boston be the more traditional third down back because, boy, Miles is just not doing the job. He's running the football effectively. Uh, but he's not doing the job as a pass receiver or in pass protection, for that matter. Yeah, he really hasn't been. Um, John, you talk about Zach Ertz. Uh, what has – what? I, sorry, I got distracted for a second. Zach Ertz and the likelihood of his impact coming back. He is, he is a go, correct, for this Sunday. Um, and then if you just want to update us any more on, on Zach Ertz. Uh, not necessarily. The Eagles have started – uh, the 21-day practice window, similar to what they did with Isaac Samalo last week, and they didn't activate Isaac for the Giants game. So um, I have been told uh, by people in Zach's camp that he would have been ready to go last week but couldn't be activated off injured reserve. So from his standpoint, he thinks he's ready to play. Um I said yesterday on the show, if he's cleared, he should play because, again, I I, I don't agree with this team's feeling that they're better than other teams. Now, I, I don't think they'll go into this game and, and say by any stretch of the imagination that they're more talented than the Cleveland Browns because they're just not. Um where in the case of the Giants, you could kind of spin it that way. Washington football team early in the season when they sat Miles, and he probably could have played another example of that. If these guys are healthy, and and I put Isaac in that category as well, yeah, there's going to be some rust, but, I mean, they got to be out there. Because you need your best players out there if you want to save this season and and win uh, even – uh, a, a dismal division like the NFC East. You got to, you got to get these players out there. What's your confidence level that the Eagles win the division today? Pretty confident, <laughs> but again, <laughs> that has little to do with the Eagles. Uh, it really does. I mean, uh, 
look, they have this five-game stretch, which looks really daunting on paper, uh, starting this week with Cleveland. Um, and, and, and then it's uh, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona. Um, that looks bad on paper, but we all know the NFL. I, I you know, if they do go zero and five over that stretch, I'll probably have a different uh, take on this. But I, I think they're going to get at least one of those games, and maybe two. Um, and, and we'll see how it shakes out. I would say if they get one, they're probably going to win the division. If they get two, they're definitely going to win the division. Uh, and that's how bad the division is. Yeah, no, the division's certainly awful. Um, but the Giants, you know, being able to get that win, they don't look too terrible anymore. And Washington, uh, you know, certainly doesn't look as terrible. I would say, you know, all three teams are, are pretty equal, and then it just comes down to schedule and, you know, just how the how the ball bounces for each team. But it's going to – I still think it's going to come down to Week 17, Eagles and the football team. Uh, potentially. I mean, I, I do think the Giants are, are the best team right now. Um, <laughs> I kind of chuckle when I say that. Uh, today I would say they're they're the best team. But remember, you know, even though the Eagles are, are coming off the loss to them, uh, they did split the season series, and they do have a two-game lead in the loss column. So it's the Giants that really have to make up um, the ground and the Giants have won three games, same as the Eagles, but uh, as I said, the loss column, column is, is bad for them, and the Giants' wins are, are against Washington, two wins, and the Eagles. They will want a game outside the division. Um, so it's going to be difficult for them as well. And again, I, when you see these projections and uh, these models uh, that always give the Eagles uh, a solid chance to make the playoffs that's what it's based on it's based on the other teams as well not being able to win games outside the division and it's hard to project these teams to win those games when they haven't been able to do it yeah it's certainly hard to project anything with this division (laughs) from a positive or winning standpoint um we'll see what the eagles can do um if they can bounce back in cleveland this upcoming Sunday as we start to look ahead now to NFL Week 11. Crazy, John, how fast the season always goes um, in the middle of November and Thanksgiving around the corner. But be sure to follow John on Twitter at J.F. McMullen, extending the play every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. phillyvoice.com and si at si.com. Thank you, John. I appreciate it, as always, my friend. Hey, thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. There he is, Johnny Mack. And, you know, listen, this division is a dumpster fire, complete mess. And it's just, you know, which which garbage out of the four teams can rise to the top? And the Eagles right now, you know, they they lose to the Giants. They still have a a game up on them in the division. And if the Eagles can find a way to bounce back and get a win in Cleveland against a much better Browns team, then they'll be a game and a half up 
on the Giants. Uh, as sad as it is to say, the Eagles really do have a somewhat of a hold on the division, but it's not going to take too much for that hold to slip away here. Uh, hour down on the fix and a little shaky start. Uh, James had you covered if you caught the beginning of that. And uh, I appreciate you sticking with us here. And we are good to go the rest of the way. 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on the fix. It's back, baby. And when we come back, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, he's going to join me. He has, you know, follow Scoop B. on Twitter, at Scoop B. He has a ton of reports out uh, regarding the Sixers. NBA draft is tomorrow. Um, Chris Paul was traded to the Suns. And now James Harden, uh, that rumor mill is, you know, as loud as it can possibly get right now between the Houston Rockets and the Sixers. And James Harden is likely the two most likely landing spots right now are either the Brooklyn Nets reuniting with KD and teaming up with uh, Kyrie as well which I don't think would work, but we'll get to that with Scoop. And then outside of the Nets, the 76ers are the team that's rumored to be the other contender to potentially land James Harden. Now, who would that take? Would you even want James Harden coming to the Sixers? There's a ton of storylines, and tomorrow night, the NBA draft, I'm sure there's going to be some answers uh, to the questions uh, surrounding all these rumors. So exciting stuff. Scoop B., has his finger on the pulse in the NBA and the NBA trade mill, rumor mill, all of the good stuff. Uh, so we're going to talk some hoops and talk about NBA futures odds, so title odds. We'll talk NBA drafts, best picks for the draft, betting-wise tomorrow, uh, and some more NBA from the betting angle here live in the Prop Swap Studios on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Going to take a quick break when we come back. Scoopy. You're hearing AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com. This is your VSIN action update on AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. This action update brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Eagles with a 3-5-1 record to made in first place of the NFC East. They're a three-and-a-half-point underdog of the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. 47-and-a-half the total at First Energy Stadium. The Browns won but did not cover as a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Houston, 10-7. College football coming up this week. Temple a four-point dog at home to East Carolina at Lincoln Financial Field. The Owls have won six straight over the Pirates. Rutgers at home with Michigan. Wolverines are a nine-and-a-half-point road favorite in Piscataway. They are one and three straight up and against the spread after a 49-11 loss to Wisconsin. I'm Mike Senate, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, your home of the better network. This is a season to celebrate home and everything it's meant to us this year. So let's go all out for the holidays with a little help from Lowe's. We'll make our own magic right at home with fun inflatables starting at just $19.98 and a pre-lit artificial tree with color-changing LED lights that was $178, now just $149. Because gifts for home bring joy to all. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.